and welcome back to another edition of the Cairo London Podcast. It's Craig McLean, your host, and this week it's all about your feet. Yep, I go and meet the guys over at ProFeet in Fulham, and look, over the last 20 years, they have been my go-to feet people. Um, Not that I'm into running that much, but they've certainly supported me with cycling and my skiing passions, Um, but... If you need some help with the ground shoe connection, these guys are the people to go and see. And it's not just if you're into running, even though they do specialize in running and ski boots. Um, They make these great little devices, which uh, I meet Tom, the head running expert over there, and he talks us through the whole process of what happens when you go and see them. We pull apart the different things that can go wrong with the feet, And we actually are on site. I'm in the shop there with them and we have a tour of their facility. So it's kind of a cool little thing that I've never done before with a podcast is we remove the visual and we try and explain to you via voice uh, what actually happens over there. Um, But first of all, you're going to meet Shula, who is the founder and gives us a little bit of background as to what ProFit was all about and, and when it was founded and what the ethos of the shop and the company was all about. Um, I've had a few episodes trying to give back to and pay forward, uh, really, um, some companies that we have close connections with who have been struggling a bit with these um, pandemic times too. You know, I can't imagine what it's like to have been forced to close for, um, you know, months on end. And I'd really love our community if we can sort of get in and support these guys um, Go and make an appointment. Go and have your feet and your entire mechanics of your body sorted out. You don't need to be a runner. You can use these footbeds in golf shoes or just your normal working boots. Um, but ProFeet, you can find them at profeet.co.uk and they're a great bunch of guys over there and it's a way better idea to go and buy your trainers um, from these guys than actually from uh, a standard online retailer or high street shop. So... Uh, for listening, first of all, to Shula, the founder, and then over to Tom in the shop. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy. Shula Wolfenden, you are the owner of ProFeet. Uh, welcome to the Cairo London uh, podcast. Uh, Thank I'm you for I'm going me. to do this in two parts, whereby we're just going to have a very quick chat with you now to get a little bit of history about ProFeet. Um, okay. Given the fact that we have, since the early 2000s, had a really great relationship between our business, the chiropractors, and you guys, where you look at people from the feet up, the ground up, and we pretty much look at people from the head and spine down. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, Shula, give us a little bit of background as to um, how ProFeet came about, what year it started, uh, who was involved in the very early days of things? Well, the person behind it all is Hamish Wolfenden, my husband, and he set it up in 2001. And we had our first little store in Fulham. And uh, it was a real sort of like off the back of fact packet kind of job. We painted the walls orange and we were near the Hurlingham Club and we had lots of interest in skiing. And it was all about biomechanics. And yeah, that's that's where we started. It was very rudimentary. And the offering still at that point was very much sort of grounded in the ski industry. But there was always that running option at the start too, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, we really looked at skiing was our passion, um, but running and tennis as well. That was uh, something that came in, which complemented and also was able, allowing us to give an offering for uh, the 12 months of the year, as it were. And so 2001, you've always been in Fulham, um, just yeah. north of the river here. From, yeah. uh, we're in Putney right now. Um, but uh, And you've been in various different locations, yes. but you've settled into your spiritual home now on yeah. the Fulham Road, right? That's right. We moved in there in 2009. We went into our flagship store. We amalgamated the others and made this big sparkly new one as it were and really decked it out and took our time doing it and it was lovely it was lovely and we have been there yeah since 2009. Now talk to me um, Hamish was what exactly in terms of uh, because I know over the years he's employed lots of different people with different qualifications but there's always been about the foot biomechanics is the 
the, the sort of the passion or the education that a lot of the guys have working with you, right? Um, how, how did what, what background was Hamish again, and and what are the, a lot of the people that work for you now? What sort of quals do they have? Okay, so for Hamish, um, he is one of these people who will stare and think an awful lot, and he will contemplate. And he did quantum physics, and he also so very sciencey background. Um, he always uh, liked to prove the things that he couldn't see. Um, and his passion for skiing kind of pulled him into the biomechanics world of things. And also his ski boots didn't really fit very well. He could never find a nice pair of ski boots. So I think his there was a personal sort of like um, plan of action to try and find out how can he make that a lot better and also appreciate that there's going to be a lot of other people out there in exactly the same boat. So he came into the skiing industry through love of sport and adrenaline, um, but then brought in his sort of like sciencey background and he did biomedical engineering and biomechanics. Um, and he did a master's all the way up to a master's. And uh, that's after that, uh, Profeet was conceived and set up in 2001 initially. So 20 years this year. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, it is quite cool, actually. I just thought of that, which is lovely. Um, It's a shame Hamish isn't around for it. He passed away in 2012. um, And we have another skiing industry person called Torren who's come in and sort of like helped take the reins, as it were. So the concept was there. It was created by Hamish. And uh, the skiing industry is still strong with a connection and sport as well. It's just kept us going. And the, the answer to that question, I think you've got like a, a podiatrist with you, but you also have a lot of, um, I think it's sports rehabilitation yes. uh, graduates from St. Mary's. Um, or what, what other graduates do you have working there as well? Okay, yeah, so they're all trained. It's going to be something with either biomechanical engineering, sports physio, rehab. They're going to have a background of anatomy and gait. And also they're all quite keen to run ski Uh, so they've got that passion as well so when you come in you're not just seeing someone who knows what your gate will be doing you'll be seeing someone who actually enjoys what you enjoy so you get to have that's exactly how i found hamish anyways through kind of common uh, link in the ski industry and i was that guy who went off and did a whole ski season with ski boots that were horrible (laughs) um and if i only had found hamish the year before i went on that ski season i would have had a much better time (laughs) Uh, but you know with the challenges that are now in the global pandemic side of things i really hope we can all get a ski season next year fingers um, crossed this yeah. coming winter mm. um so maybe now is a good time i believe you've got a fair bit of stock that you could sort of help people out with anyway um <laughs> we now's a good time to, yeah. <laughs> to be optimistic about it i was in there just the other day getting a stretch on my ski boots um ready for the 21-2 season absolutely yeah um, we've got to manifest it it's going to happen i mean yeah we've we've got Obviously, Europe's going to be our biggest sort of like pool. We're watching it closely. Uh, So, yeah. So, fingers crossed. And you know what? We can do it. We've got to hold on to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, thanks for a brief introduction into the history. Um, We're going to have a chat to Tom next. Is that right? Tom, yes. Uh, Who's heading up the um, running side of your um, business. Um, Yes. And we're going to sort of get stuck into some more nuts and bolts of of what the process actually is and why it's actually a good idea. Why should you actually go and buy a pair of trainers from you as opposed to off the internet or just off the random high street store um, and why that's a really good idea to get a proper grounding and the proper shoe for you and the proper sort of fit and the proper support within a footbed, whether you need it or not and all that sort of stuff. And hopefully some, maybe even some little tips and exercises as to what we should be doing to look after our feet and our knees and our hips and our low back and all that sort of stuff too. Oh, absolutely. Tom is one of our senior techs and um, what he doesn't know you can write on the back of a cigarette packet. So, yes, he will be able to help you and guide you. And, yes, he'll take you through the whole process. So enjoy. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Shula. Thank you.
Okay, well, welcome to the Cairo London podcast, Tom Scales from Profi. Thank you. Lovely to be here. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would have, you haven't heard this, but I've just had a little conversation with Shula Wolfenden, who is um, the founder of this business. So oh, nice. we've got a little bit of background about the business, which Lovely. is great. Um, but I'm actually now physically in Profit on the Fulham Road, uh, and I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you about everything to do with the ground-foot connection and biomechanics of the entire body, um, because maybe especially at this time when everyone's exercising possibly way more than they have previously, there's lots of people out there with knee pain or foot pain or you know injuries or different little things that they might glean some um, help from this conversation. Absolutely. See what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> so look, let's start off by anyway. So ProFeet um, is a, a half running uh, or foot analysis um, and or entire biomechanical analysis. But I want yep. you to explain a little bit yeah, more yeah. about that because I think I've just stuffed that up. <laughs> um, and we're actually sitting on the ski boot side of things as well. Yes. Um, and Shula went into a little bit of the history about where ProFeet came from. But can you start by just uh, describing a little bit about yourself and what your skills are as the head of, or what are you the head of? So, so wouldn't quite go the head of, but one of the senior run technicians here at Profeet. So I've been here now since 2018. So my background, I'm a sports scientist myself. I've always had a keen interest in the biomechanical side of things growing up. I was a rower for the best part of 15 years. Kind of took myself from a very small town to build myself to be in Europe's most successful rowing club. When I was there at university, I then started to get a little more interested in sort of the science of the movements rather than, let's say, the nutrition side of things, the physiology. Um, I then, unfortunately, did injure myself quite badly around the age of 21. What that then led me to decide is, actually, I want to see if I can make this not happen for anyone else. So I really kind of threw myself into the mechanics, understanding how the body works, and ideally, understanding how I can help somebody else from making the same silly mistakes that I did growing up, basically. Um, I then moved into sort of the personal training route, but then my heart was always with the movements. It was always with the analysis side of things. And that's sort of where I came to here. Started helping people. So we have a mix of athletes to people who have never run before. So it's quite nice starting from kind of that grassroots level, but actually really kind of getting in depth with sort of people trialing for GB themselves and actually going off to the Olympics in Tokyo. Well, fingers crossed this year, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah. No, cool. So let's start. Uh, hopefully at the end of this, you'll, um, anyone who's listening in will get a fair bit of useful information about an education really about um, biomechanics yeah. and about the feet and about common injuries and what you guys can do to sort of help out from the way you um, do the analysis of yeah. um, the foot and the entire body. Okay. And so we'll go into some specifics of that later on, but let's just maybe open that right up right now. So the foot. Um, let's start there. Um, yes. <laughs> what, uh, you know, I mean, we, we probably neglect our feet more than most body parts, do you think? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, quarter of the bones in the body are found in the feet. Okay. But if you go, obviously go for a run, most people will think of, right, let's do the classic hamstring quadriceps stretch. But if you think pretty much everything you do from waking up in the morning is on the feet, you're putting strain through them, and let's be honest, most of us will just stick on a pair of canvas shoes and vans, which offer us absolutely no structure support. And then again, in the evening, you spend all day in these horrible, unsupportive shoes, try and jump out and do a massive run. But yeah, there's a whole load of sort of connections. We've got ligaments, tendons that all start to connect together. And actually, what people would normally kind of find is they will treat injuries sort of up of the body and the arms and the legs a lot more but kind of seem to accept just having a bit of an ache, a bit of a pain in the feet. And actually there's some really simple things people can do just to be aware of some of these issues and just understand a few little areas of them and very simple things they can do at home in an evening just to actually settle these kind of very easy to fix issues out, but tend to just get glossed over slightly. Cool. So, I mean, being this being the Cairo London podcast, yeah. um, I'm used to sort of looking at the world from almost the top down, you yes. know what I mean? And, you know, neurological control of the body from the brain to, to you know, um, to all of the different connections through the spine, you know? Yeah. Now, um, uh, you know, and, and I see that you guys are looking at uh, the 
the body from the ground up effectively. Yes. And so it's a really cool little kind of crossover yeah. um, that um, I'm looking forward to yeah. evolving this discussion into <laughs> further, right? So maybe let's just do that. So if if someone has um, a few problems in their feet, in their calves, in their yep. knees, what's some really kind of simple things that people can maybe do for themselves at home that you just were mentioning? So we'll kind of, let's take the foot level to start with. So... Let's take something that kind of pain in the arch people start to find. Yeah. There's that a few... old plantar fasciitis yes, thing that there's the a classic. ton of people kind of like with that type of thing going on. Yes. So the plantar fascia is basically a glorified elastic band. Sits, starts underneath your big toe, works underneath the heel. As you're walking, as you're moving, standing, it's basically acting, it's stretching out like a little bit of a suspension system, like a suspension bridge. Every time you're doing that, it can start to get a little bit sort of overworked like an elastic band. It's just been stretched a little bit too much. And it comes back, so just sort of actually trying to relax that down. So things that people might have at home, might have a tennis ball, obviously a little spiky trigger point ball is sort of the ideal. But just sort of starting to roll underneath this position. People will probably have heard of sort of foam rolling as a idea that suddenly obviously jumped up 10, 15 years ago into mainstream everywhere. Mm-hmm. But actually, just getting something a little bit smaller, kind of spherical, rolling it through, can start to give that little bit of relief. It's kind of that relaxation, that kind of twisting just through this position as well. Moving up to the knee, the one thing we tend to see with knee pain, quite interestingly, it never really originates from the knee. So the knee's kind of what we think of as a slave joint. If something isn't happening quite right at the foot level itself, the first place it's going to come straight into is the knee, and that's trying to take some of the strain out. Same, if something's happening not quite right at the hip level, the knee starts to kind of try to work a little bit harder. And it's a classic thing I'm sure a lot of people will have thought, maybe been to the doctor with knee pain and being diagnosed with the classic runner's knee, which is just kind of a generic term for knee pain, which they kind of already knew going into the doctor. But actually, it's interesting seeing necessarily where that pain's coming in from. So there's lots of different areas. So let's say sort of that ITB, so the IT band that kind of runs from the outside of the hip down to the knee, something people might be aware of. Often that kind of stress and strain into that position can be where that classic knee pain might come from. It equally might come from the foot level. So let's say people might have heard the term pronation, which again is that foot kind of meeting the ground and starting to roll towards the inside. And it's something that a lot of runners will probably think of when they hear of support shoes or neutral shoes. And we might come onto that a little bit later. Again, it can be if that footwear, if you need a little bit more support, everything's kind of collapsing inwards. Actually, you're putting a whole lot of strain. That knee is falling in, and it may just be a case of actually looking at that footwear, looking at that strength conditioning, just to try and strengthen that area and keep you into that nice, almost straight, neutral position as we come through. That's uh, a very good summary of the entire thing, you know, know, because a lot of people have got probably painful feet or plantar fascia, um, knee problems, maybe hip problems, um, and... There's some really useful things you can do yourself, you know, with yes. sort of just trying to relax the whole system. Actually, I've just got myself one of those Theragun things. Oh, um, amazing. <laughs> so you recommend those for the arch of the foot too? Yes. Uh, so we have had a couple of here to play around with in the past. We've had them come through and talk us through the science of it. Yeah. And yes, with Theragun themselves, we'll kind of use them. They've got several different attachments and kind of the speed settings. Yeah. They do actually have one which is kind of designed a little bit more, works really nicely into that foot. That percussive therapy, that nice kind of almost pressure, and it is kind of like the little spiky ball rolling, but kind of on steroids through that. It's taken it to as pleasurable <laughs> that foot can really get through that. But no, they are amazing things. No, I literally I used it for the first time on my foot the other day. I'm like, why? Why have not been it's doing so this good. <laughs> uh, before? Uh, so anyway, that's cool. So you've you've obviously done that. Maybe you've kind of got some niggles or some issues, and you yes. kind of maybe. Maybe someone's already done that. They've kind of stretched out the IT band, got the foam roller out, uh, you know, stretched to different muscles. Yeah. And we can go into that in a bit more detail as well. But then, you know, if you've failed at doing that for like <laughs> three months or you've been getting a ton of massage so, or... And let's be um, honest, most of us don't stretch as much as we should anyway. No. And you're still persisting with exercising even yep. though it's all a bit painful <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. And then you're like, well, hang on a minute. Maybe I need to get a little bit more support, you yes. know, um, uh, with regards to from the ground up thing. Yes. Right? So then what would traditionally someone do if, if they like, well, okay, I've tried a few different things for, a, you know, I've had massage, maybe even been to a physio, that yep. sort of thing. Then, you know, why should they come to you? 
um, to have uh, like an assessment in a little in more detail. Yes. Um, so in terms of that, let's say people, as you said, have been to the physio, they've had these persistent issues. Often it can just be because, let's say, that footwear, that insole, there may be a little bit of an issue. So every time you do go for a run, it's almost like you're taking three steps forward, but then taking two steps back. Because let's take that support. Something may, every time you run, just be exaggerating that injury. So it may be actually coming through and actually seeing how that foot is moving itself, seeing how your body is going when you're running. And actually, we would start to look at it from coming in, having a little feel. Sometimes you might have a super stiff, rigid foot. You get kind of no flexibility. You might also have a super flat foot. It might be super flexible. And actually, the anatomy of that feet, so let's just take a really stiff foot compared to a really floppy, almost hypermobile foot. The shock absorbance that foot can physically do is going to be a little bit different. So some people might already have a slight disadvantage or an advantage or a predisposition to some injuries. So let's say if you do have that super hypermobile, super movable foot, basically, there is probably a disposition to pronate. So actually, you might be finding that the shoes that you're in might be that old pair of Nikes that have been out in the back of a cupboard for the last five years. Every time you do actually go running in them, they are offering you absolutely no support, absolutely no shock absorbency. So every single time, you're kind of putting that foot into the ground. And when you're running, it's kind of up sometimes of four times your body weight, kind of three times coming through. Mm. Rather than the shoe actually giving you that little bit of shock absorbency, giving you that kind of base to work off, your muscles are having to work so much harder every single step. And it then can be coming through, and we'll actually have a look. We'll look at it more as a whole. We'll take scans of the feet. We'll actually look at how you're moving on the treadmill. We can start to identify these areas and actually work out, okay, this is what you've been in before. This is kind of the injuries that we're seeing. We can start to see, let's say, everything is dropping into that midline. We can start to see how your body weight sits, the pressure from your initial contact all the way through. And it may be actually the shoe you need is something a little bit more shock-absorbing in the heel. But actually in the forefoot, you might need something a little bit stiffer. So it's sometimes finding that little bit of a balance between, okay, one part of your body needs this, but interestingly, the other part needs something else. Just to pause you there slightly, because I think half the people listening, I bet you didn't even know that a shoe can have a different support structure within the sole, right? Yes. Because I'm pretty sure most people look at a running shoe as in, is that the prettiest color around? Uh, how yeah. <laughs> does it go with my outfit? Absolutely. Um, or, you know, maybe get wrapped up in some of the sort of the gimmicks of uh, some of the, you yes. know, the, the, the bigger <laughs> shoe companies, you know what yes. I mean? Very From, good at marketing. Yeah, exactly. You know, like those, the, the, the windows or the bubbles or the, yes. um, you know, the, 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 the grids or the foams or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember, you know, I, I didn't realize that until I've been seeing you guys on and off for my foot, feet for like over 15 years now. Yeah. But, um, you know, just that when you look at a, a running shoe, a lot of the time there might be a slightly different colored foam, yes. uh, which shows a different density of the yeah. foam sort of thing. And then that's the thing which can, at, you know, at the, at the basic level as to why someone should come in and see you is that yeah. your foot type, should, you might be in a completely wrong shoe. Very often people yourself. will be. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is the thing yeah. that sort of maybe, uh, you know, maybe we should talk about that elephant in the room is that you need the shoe that is supporting your foot not the one that looked best, right? Yes. Um, and so I'm sure as you have that challenge it can be all the sometimes. time, right? <laughs> Where someone's like, oh, that's great, but I just don't like the colour of that. Yeah. But well, it doesn't matter because it's more important for them to get that. There's other things. And actually, that's a good thing. A lot of people we see are injured. So they've kind of got that preconception of design and colour. I mean, it's still there. Yeah. But again, for us, we can almost take design, colour, all of that jazz completely out the window. Yeah. So yeah, if we take it from that kind of basic of a shoe, that sole, Think of it as sort of three main sort of simplified distinctive areas of sort of cushions, so a super soft kind of foamy, it's going to feel very comfortable, almost cloud-like underneath the foot, a little bit more neutral. So that's if everything in the ankle is holding nicely to the old school kind of support or motion control, which theories obviously get changed with science seemingly, <coughs> pardon me, monthly at the moment. And in terms of that, it's looking to have a little more of a stiffness, that control to stop movement through this position. Okay. Um, but yeah, often it can be that actually, yeah, the most pretty on paper, what it's told you. So we'll take actually a Nike shoe, which a couple of years ago came out, said it would prevent injury better than anything else. It would stop injuries, which is a very dangerous and slightly worrying marketing gimmick to throw out because the best shoe for one person mm. might be completely wrong and the worst shoe for somebody else. Yeah. 
it may be that they do need that super soft, squidgy kind of cushion sole. But actually, it may be that somebody needs that super stiff, rigid, sort of very firm kind of posted material. So it almost pushes you as you're meeting the ground. And just to go over that again, and you've covered this already, but that rigid foot traditionally yes. is a bit of a sort of maybe a higher arch that's not yes. very sort of mobile. Yeah. And then that pronation you were talking about is that one that kind of collapses and rolls in. Yes. And you wear the inside of your shoes a lot. If you look a little at, bit more. Yeah. And often it's that kind of rolling in motion that may need that little bit of support. If we go back 20 years, pronation used to be this terrifying word. And everyone said, if right, pronation is an awful thing, you're going to break your legs if you have it. Actually, modern research, there's been no statistical sort of significance between pronation movements and injury prevalence. Yeah. It often can come down to the speed and sort of that degree of motion that's coming through. So some of that will be looking to slow these down. A lot of that can come from strength conditioning as well. So it is looking up that chain at, okay, maybe that foot needs to slow down, but actually your knees might be looking really good. We have that super kind of flat, hypermobile foot that's rolling in. But actually, if we look up at your knees and hips, everything's spot on. So it is then trying to find that balance. And that was a really, actually, for our perspective, really nice thing of when Kipchoge did his sub two-hour marathon. Yep. So he has all these guys kind of running alongside. See, so they're in these super alpha fly Nike plated shoes. But actually, they showed a really nice zoomed-in clip of one of the guys running next to him. And his feet were absolutely kind of collapsing. And if you looked at it, it looks almost horrible to look at. But actually, from a motion perspective, pronation isn't a bad thing. It's a natural shock absorber. And obviously, these are guys who are pushing two-hour marathons. And it's actually quite refreshing because people often think you need to be everything perfect, your Mo Farahs of the world of everything moves perfectly. But actually, it shows really nicely. Obviously, everyone started watching this and thought, oh, actually, it is possible. I could, I mean... See, we probably can't, but we could run at that kind of high <laughs> level and it isn't going to necessarily, as long as you're strong enough to do it, it's not the end I'm of the world. I'm pretty sure I can't run at that level no, for <laughs> one kilometre, let alone 40 odd. So, uh, too far, I did try it at the marathon show a couple of years ago. They <laughs> yeah. had this massive treadmill when I think Kip was doing a little interview on stage yeah. and they put you on it for a kilometre and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I can, I can do this. Yeah, literally, I was on the floor by the end. Oh, God, Didn't Mo Farah fall off that thing too? I would love to say he did, so that would I, make me feel I much think better I saw about a video myself. Of him actually doing that, like literally, it was going so fast because this treadmill it's, was like oh, spinning like, under you. Yeah, but to be fair, it was a really bouncy treadmill, so we'll blame okay. it on that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so look, we digress, but let's go yes. back into this. Um, I think we've covered the, sort of the shoe uh, and different sort of types of shoes for different foot types, but then. You know, I, I've used your footbeds for years in my ski boots, in my cycling shoes, in uh, my running shoes. Not that I run because <laughs> I am a mad cyclist, as yep. any of my listeners know that I've spoken too much about cycling on this thing already. <laughs> but, you know, uh, as a, you know, someone who, you know, if the, the shoe type is right, but then you're still having problems or, you know, just talk to us at what point in the analysis of the foot, you decide it's a good idea to be supporting within the shoe with a footbed or a, like a supportive device. Yes. And so, what is a footbed? So uh, we probably start, yeah, actually, yeah. A footbed is basically a glorified term for something that you'd put into a shoe. You might have heard of them as orthotics, insoles. Basically, if you look inside your shoe, you'll probably find a colorful something with like the logo on. That is normally just a little bit of foam. You can take that out. And what we would start to do is then replacing it with a custom product. So we take molds of the feet and we can start to look at it from slightly different perspectives. Sometimes from an injury, let's say you have a specific injury, we can then start to look at it in how can this insole support that foot so we can fill in the gaps, give you that little more proprioception, so that contact, this support. Bigly, sometimes we can look at it from that performance perspective. And actually, if we think of that kind of science behind the plated shoes that have obviously jumped out in the last couple of years, it's looking to add almost stiffness underneath that foot. And actually, sometimes that insole would be looking at that side of things. We've still got that support. We've got this nice, stable base inside it. We're almost holding you nicely inside it. But sometimes you can look at that kind of response, getting that really nice spring, that shock absorbency. So I think we mentioned earlier kind of that plantar fascia acting a bit like a suspension bridge. Mm. As your foot lands, it elongates and then kind of springs back up. Having something that mirrors that motion it's just going to help exaggerate it. Kind of like having a little bit of a trampoline just underneath that foot as well. Yeah. But no, normally we'd look at it from an injury side of things. 
And often it is looking at, let's say, feeling the feet. We might see that they have this super high, stiff arch. And actually, they've probably never had contact underneath that position itself. Mm. What we can start to do is actually give them a little more of that shock absorbency. So rather than that foot being kind of hitting the ground really hard every single step, we can start to actually take a bit of pressure. We can distribute that pressure away from, let's say, that heel, that forefoot where the issues might be coming through, and actually allow it just to relax a little bit more. It can work on getting you from A to B as well as possible, rather than having to take that strain every single step as we come through. Yeah. No, and I can vouch for that because that's my foot. I've got one of those like horrifically high arch feet. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. there. <laughs> and I love that, you know, as I call it, like almost space filling footbed yes. um, function, which gives a, a much better spread than just my heel and just my. I guess with yours, then you've got a very low surface area. So yeah. Kind of. Yeah, so it just spreads the load, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's what's important for me, both with cycling and running. Um, and certainly skiing too. You know? um, so actually the other thing I was going to pick up on in some people may have been to the more traditional podiatrist um, yes. and um, maybe gotten a, f- a very rigid device and yes. what I, uh, like a carbon fiber or a plastic thing. Yes. You know? yeah. um, now, what I love about your footbeds over the years is that it's not rigid, right? So, so yeah. tell us a bit more about the, the makeup of the footbed. So from us, obviously coming from a sporting perspective, the last thing we want to do is trying to create something that you're running that feels like you've got a stone or rock inside the shoe. So actually the type of things we use, sort of the basis is going to be a thermomoldable plastics, what we call a transflux, but kind of, it basically it starts off nice and stiff, we'll be able to heat it up, and then we can start to obviously mirror that shape of the foot. What we then start to then do is introduce these EVA foams, so kind of this almost not dissimilar to what you'd find on the sole of a shoe, but we can start to actually grind this and kind of, if you need a lot of support, so you make things slightly thicker, if you need things a little bit less, we'll start to kind of flatten it and just grind things through. This way, obviously, we'll take scans, we'll have a look, and it will be completely different from one foot compared to the other. But as you said, it's that thing of we want it to mirror the motion of the foot. So if you do have a super rigid foot, you've got a super rigid shoe, there's no point putting something super floppy, and I'm sure people have seen those kind of shoal gel insoles that kind of mm. you put in there, it's a little bit of softness. Yeah. Bigly, it's the same. If you've got a super mobile foot, Actually, sometimes you want something that's a little bit stiffer that is going to hold you into that position, but it does change, to be fair, from foot to foot. So looking, we might do several appointments. You might see one insole, which looks almost completely unrecognizable compared to the next person. We also have lots of different types that we can do. So you said, obviously, cycling yourself. The mechanics of the cycling will be very different. You're almost attached just behind the ball of the foot compared to running, where obviously you might be landing into the heel and transferring the energy forwards. So actually, it's always trying to mirror what the motions that you're going to be doing in the insole is. Yeah, it's a little bit more shock absorbing, a little bit more control, and it will be mirrored towards what you're looking to do with them, rather than just that kind of big, bricky something underneath the foot. Yeah, no, that's great. So perfect explanation of what that's about. And I think the other thing is that not everyone who comes to see you leaves with a footbed, do they? Not necessarily. So... Sometimes people may come in looking solely, they think it's a magic pill that might cure all their problems. I mean, sometimes it's definitely a very, very helpful device. But sometimes it may be that actually we can make an insole, it can improve comfort. But realistically, it's going to come from a strength and conditioning side of things. It may be the fact that however good that insole is, it might make your foot feel amazing. The issues are coming from, let's say, an imbalance between, let's say, your glutes. Everything's kind of collapsing from the hips. I'd love that an insole could make a tighter muscle looser. I'd love for it to make a weaker muscle stronger. It can help take away the pressures. It can help align things. But sometimes it is that combination of actually you need to take things back to a baseline. It may be actually, yes, spending six to eight weeks strengthening up, and then maybe we can start to have a little look. But it's rare to find that it's not going to be useful in some form. Often there may be other things that are more important as well. And it's looking at that holistic image of how we can help people. And, and that's what you do. You'll send people away with, uh, you know, the right running shoe or shoe for them, um, a, a footbed, which is bespoke yes. and, um, you know, going to improve their function. 
uh, and then a set of like either exercises or things to focus in yes. on to then um, strengthen areas that you have found being weak. Absolutely. Um, and we will, I'm going to do a shop tour oh, via nice. podcast um, that we're going to talk through in a second, yep. um, which will be great for the listeners, we hope. Yeah. We've got to be good at describing it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pressure then. But, <laughs> but uh, just before I do that though, is there's a nice little crossover there of what you mentioned though of um, you know, you, you've sort of come in here, you've kind of got uh, everything balanced out and you are aware there is still weakness or yes. muscles that are not firing or an imbalance in leg length or those sorts Absolutely. of things. And this is where there's a bit of a crossover between what chiropractors uh, offer and, and the sorts of things that you guys pick up on. Now. Yes. And I know you personally have been on our table over yes. in Putney, right? Um, who was your times. chiropractor? Uh, Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant. I'll say amazing. And Sold he was helping you, like, so specifically from your perspective, I think you were getting some help during a preparation for an ultra marathon. Yes, I was. So how, I mean, maybe just give us a little, your two bobs worth of yeah. your experience over there. So um, basically why I've been going, I briefly mentioned kind of rowing before. I put myself out of sport at the age of around 21 with a quite bad back injury of the classic. Yeah, you should probably rest this a bit more and just jump straight in and carried on. Um, and then I had started kind of obviously being here, coerced into running this ultra. I've got a lot of the guys around me who are doing it as well. So I was like, okay, I need to, I need to try and balance the books a little bit. But I was getting terrible lower back pain. And it's something that obviously I'd set myself up. I had the best shoes. I had the best insoles I've made for myself. I've been tailoring my own strength and conditioning for the last year. Wasn't really working. So I've been coming through, seeing him for probably about three, four weeks. And I remember getting off the table, going for a little loop around kind of up to Hammersmith Ridge and getting to the end and just thinking, oh, I haven't actually felt this twinge for about 10K now. And I think it was the first time in about four or five years that I can remember doing exercise without being like just that consistent, almost four level of pain and just accepting it. And it's, again, things that you didn't really think of to start with or you're sitting there you're doing kind of your first little assessment getting the little x-ray done and being like oh i do i do have a leg length discrepancy i've just thought i was super tight through here and then it's just sort of working out those areas which i'm obviously i know lower back hurt but there's a lot of these links coming up so actually it turned out a lot of it was coming from my upper body up into the shoulders yeah. kind of that kind of almost cervical spine area rather than just down in the lumbar yeah. and just these little manipulations and Things that, see, in the first couple of weeks, it takes a little bit of time for your body to start to understand what these new positions are. But it was, yeah, I managed to do the ultramarathon, well, see, a bit of pain from running a very long time. <laughs> but yeah, my back caused me absolutely no grief, and it was quite revolutionary, actually. <laughs> That's great to hear. But, you know, yeah. I mean, the, as well, and the, and the specifics are, is, is probably down to the fact that I don't know exactly what Grant was doing with you, but it's a really common thing to sort of see when you either have a leg length discrepancy or a misfiring of a sort of a glute muscle yes. or a, a really tight hip flexor. Yeah, spent um, a lot of time on this left-hand side just... <laughs> yeah, and, and so yeah. Um, sometimes even if you have, and like you probably would, well, you definitely would have, you would have had the, the, the perfect ground shoe the setup was there but setup. however yet, good that setup was there was there was a nice complementary uh, nature to yes. then sort of going okay well and, and you've you've probably been working on exercises to sort of try and stretch and strengthen things oh yeah <laughs> and then there's just that next level of absolutely to then go okay well how can i neurologically turn on switch on some of these muscles that weren't firing yeah how can i get movement into my pelvis or lower back which wasn't there before you know? um, and i think it's that thing of it's a very, the things you guys do actually really nice is explain what's going on. And obviously we kind of look at that from the running, but even for us who have a pretty good idea of what's going on, but yeah. that kind of neuromuscular neurological side is something that again, you guys obviously have gone years of training into, yeah, yeah. but actually just on that nice, simple explaining it almost in layman's terms in terms of, okay, this is the problem. This is what we're going to do. This is what we should try and find. It's a really nice cause and effect that actually is very nice and satisfying seeing those results as well. Yeah, that's cool. But look, um, and I think this is something we don't, uh, you know, from a performance perspective, right? Because it's not just about pain too, right? Yes, um, yeah. And uh, in fact, I've got a patient of mine at the moment who's setting himself up to, well, try and do a PB in the London Marathon nice. at 2.45 in October, yep. right? And he's also in the process of actually... Um, uh, next week, I believe, he's trying to do seven marathons in seven days. 
Ah, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, interesting. <laughs> and so I'm like, you got to go and see these guys over in Profeed. So I think um, he's on his way. But, nice. <laughs> um, but from his perspective as well, like, um, and, and I mean, that's the other thing I probably should say about Cairo is that sometimes the foot biomechanics need a little bit of like mobilization themselves, yeah. you know, and it can be a bit of a buildup of tightness within that talotibial joint or, yep. you know, the ankle joint itself. And, and there are some things that chiropractors can do to help yeah. or that you can do yourself to sort of try and stretch and mobilize that as well. Um, but anyway, look, let's start the office tour. Yes. Um, let's wander over into the, um, the running section. Yes. And what I see before me is, uh, well, three separate areas over here. Uh, two open sections here where we've got a treadmill, a little chair to sit on, and a fancy-looking set of computer system over here. Yes. Right? So um, talk us through what this little pod over here is, which has the treadmill, the chair... Oh, and I assume that's the the where the footbeds are made. Yes, the little molding um, bags. Yeah. So go for what's what am I looking at here? So we'll kind of start in the middle. Take a seat. We'll come through. That's uh, where obviously nice little raised, similar to probably what you get at your chiro beds. You get that really nice setup to feel what's going on. Yeah. But actually, the main thing we're going to have on this right, the treadmill. Nice little gate treadmill. So slightly different to probably what you might have seen at the gym with kind of big screens, almost your little TV in the middle. It's a little bit more simplistic, a little bit more basic in terms of we don't have big sort of chunky areas so we can get a really nice view. Little board at the back. So actually, HD cameras, we can start to take video recordings, slow-mo this, almost play it through frame by frame and see exactly sort of that second you're meeting the ground to how that foot is then moving as we come through. And actually, we can do it really nicely because we've got kind of the treadmill. Then on the other side, as you said, that nice fancy TV technological setup. We can actually start to play it through, take freeze frames, and actually really break down every single movement through there really nicely. If we kind of actually spin out of here, we've also then just got a little scan mat. So we've got a nice little running track as we come through. So a nice kind of probably about 15 meters, 10 meters through here. And as we're doing that, we can start to take pressure scans. So we can see how that pressure distribution is happening from meeting the ground all the way through into that toe off as well. Once we've got that little bit of data, we can actually start again, sit you back down, whether it's looking at shoes, obviously, jump back on the treadmill, we'll take these videos, see the difference between one model compared to the next of how it's gonna be interacting. As you mentioned, we've got these little blue bags almost, silicon bags. Basically what we can do, take all the air out, and that's how we start to mold the shape of your feet. Cool. So look, this is obviously where the, uh, and you'll try different types of shoes yes. based on the sort of your analysis of the yep. shoe and the foot type and the injuries. And then you should be able to show someone how they run so much better yes. than the shoes that they walked in the Basically, shop with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, this, I love the, the pressure pad too, where it literally shows you a, like a heat map of your, basically where, where your foot or how your foot moves. Yes, it? You know, pretty much. So I can see it there I've in got operation through. <laughs> as you go. So it's like foot or heel strike all the way through to when your forefoot hits the ground and then it sort of shows the different pressure points, right? So and it's a really useful tool for having this way because obviously with a treadmill, you can start to see things. But often it may be speeds and velocities of movements and this can show us that little bit of an imbalance from left to right very visibly and it's something that makes sense to people as well. See, we can throw a lot of jargon, a lot of big words out but actually it's almost this red areas are high, green areas are low. You can visibly see these problems and it's very nice and cause and effect sometimes of I'm getting pain here. And once you look at this, you can suddenly start to see this big area of red just starting to kick in in the place where you're getting the pain, which is good. <laughs> now we've wandered into the back of the shop here, which is the, uh, is this the 3D this motion analysis? This is the 3D. See, a few more walls now at Covid's around, but yeah, yeah this might be able to hear a change in our uh, in our volume of our yes. speaker. But <laughs> look, so, echo a little but bit. This is so we've gone from the sort of the very traditional or the sort of the foot analysis, gait analysis um, yes. thing, which is obviously like twenty times better than any other running shoe. A little more in depth, running than, shoe shop. Yes, you know? um, and some people do try and dabble in that type of thing, don't they? You know, it's the thing of you. Sometimes we'll find, let's say, you're naming no names of generic gait analysis. A lot of them might just be an 18-year-old straight out of school who has gone from sports direct into something. Obviously, as we were saying earlier, kind of the background, we've all spent, again, got degrees in this side of things, years of experience looking at it. But actually, this sort of area is where that all culminates a little bit more. So this is that higher level analysis. Some of them last up to two hours, and it's almost like a bit of a lecture. So it's kind of the stuff that we love doing as well. It's talking about the mechanics. So we can start to put you through the paces. We've got sort of depth perception cameras 
So you might have seen on TV people with little kind of bubbles all over their joints. Rather than dressing you up in a really fashionable outfit like you've seen on sort of movie sets, actually we can start to pick up these movements. And it allows us to look at things to sort of a full decimal places of sort of ground reaction time. We can start to look at sort of angles of extension through each joint to sort of point one a degree. And it sounds sort of very in-depth, but actually it's where we come in. We start to kind of like a funnel, give you all this data, but actually talk you through what this means from a perspective of, okay, it's all well and good, my sort of five flexion angle being a 93.2 degrees, but actually then saying, okay, we know that the foot is doing this. We know your movements are doing this. We can see the scans, it's moving a little bit quickly. So actually what we need to do is increase the activation in the hip flexors, for example. We might need to see, okay, this muscle group isn't firing up. So what we need to do is activate this, get a little bit more strength here, work on this balance. It may be from the insole, we need to give you a little more structure here and that will allow this muscle to relax in it. It kind of steps it up again and goes into pretty much as much detail as we can really throw at people. So just to describe what's going on yeah. is that, that this room uh, is an enclosed room. We've just come through a little open door here, but yeah. then um, we've got a treadmill in the middle of this room, which is uh, one of those same gait analysis treadmills, but it's in the middle of the room now because there are sensors all over this room, yes. which are going to detect basically my running um, uh, style or, or imbalances within that. Uh, and then this is where it's sort of literally this 3D motion analysis as we were talking about earlier, is almost like a running school and yes. sort of a way to not only help you with tweaking some of the devices you use for running, but actually saying, okay, when you run, you're doing this wrong. Or, yes. And, and so it's almost like that's where the performance... Often the performance side of things. It's often yeah. these kind of... Again, everyone can do it. You just need to be able to run to a strong enough level. Yeah. But again, it's often looking at, let's say you mentioned that two and a 245 marathon person you've been seeing. Yeah. Sometimes, obviously it may be a case of, okay, we can see this. Actually, you're losing a little bit of this performance, that efficiency, because you're overstriding a little bit too much. We can see this left foot is planting about a centimeter further away from your body, a little bit further away from that center of mass. Mm. Actually, that's what we need to change. And sometimes it can be as small things as that as it all starts to link together. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you can go from, let's say, that sort of 9 out of 10 just that 10 out of 10, just yeah. bringing us up, seeing these little areas. And it's this classic thing of often, once you've seen it, it's something that you've never even clocked before. And once it's in the back of your head, you're very aware of it as you start to run as well. And wow. even just there, it starts to improve on its own. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Because, you know, we've gone basically from should I come here for a new pair of shoes to now it's like how can I improve my running technique yes. to be more efficient and faster? Yes. And maybe absolutely. create less injury at the same time. It's always a thing. If we can get performance, if we can get your body moving more efficiently, moving better, that's already going to start to decrease the risk of injury. Yeah. So it's actually a nice way of, by almost improving your performance, the way that you're running, your injury likelihood should, in theory, start to decrease as well. So it actually works hand in hand really nicely with that. So we mentioned podiatrists before, and I know you're a sports scientist, but yes. um, there's almost the brainchild behind this as well, right, is Paul. Right? Yes. And so Paul is a podiatrist. He and... is a podiatrist. He's got a master's in biomechanics. I think he did a whole lot of sort of feet and mechanical things for London Olympics. Yeah. And it's kind of that classic girl of if you have a question – he will probably have an answer. He's been around the block a few times. He, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. What's so, Paul's last name again? Uh, Paul O'Malley. Paul O'Malley, yeah. So And, and so Paul's here a couple of days a week. And, and yes. w does he normally run these 3D um, analyses? Uh, it's actually can, me at the moment. Who you, does okay. most of these. So in right. the last year, yeah. I have been the one who takes most of the appointments. Paul, obviously, if he's around, can he has done lots of these in the past mm -hmm. and but no it's normally myself yeah. who actually completes most of these at the moment and yeah great takes people from that sitting down to hopefully getting them a little bit off their marathon times but yeah i mean it's, it's a nice reminder for me in the fact that i haven't been and we we did a full team outing a couple of years ago i think when you first got this uh, yes. device um and we so we've we've gone through it and we've seen it in action but it's a nice refresher for me just to kind of come and see it again here. yeah <laughs> uh and to think about as i said that guy i've been seeing back in putney who definitely should be on here yes uh and not only getting help from his plantar fascia yep. plantar fascia problem that he has yes. And he's trying to get help from my perspective on that, um, both with feet and spine work. But 
he'll be all over this to actually oh. sort of like then sort of show him, uh, you know, how to run properly, yes. <laughs> how to get maybe more efficiency out of his gait. It's this thing. So these guys, finding that one minute, obviously across a marathon is almost what a second a split almost if we round it up or down a little bit. Yeah. It seems very easy, but actually once you get to that high level, that pace, it's often things that, yeah, these little changes can make all the difference. Yeah. Again, if we can give somebody one second a split improvement, that does add up over time, especially when you get to those kind of anything sub three, realistically. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, anything sub three is amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything sub four is pretty impressive, let's be honest. So <laughs> just finishing. That's yeah. fine for most. <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, thanks for taking the time today, Tom. No worries. Um, Thank you for having me. Uh, I think we've covered most things that I wanted to go over. Um, and we've had a shop tour uh, via podcast, yeah. <laughs> which uh, I hope has gone down okay for the listeners. Very cinematic, it's fine. <laughs> we're, we're good at describing it, it's okay. We should finish up by tell us where people can find Profit. So we are on Fulham Road, so sort of closest to you, Parsons Green. Yeah. Easiest way, have a little ring, call us up. We are more than happy to talk people through stuff. Be able to find us online at profit.co.uk yeah. and at 867 uh, Fulham Road in Fulham. Yeah, and so that's in southwest London. Yes. And, um, yeah, and, and, and uh, the, on your website, it has all the different options you have in Absolutely. terms of um, uh, appointment types and that sort of thing. And it is an appointment-only thing. You just yes. can't wander in, especially in sort of Obviously pandemic Obviously, at the moment, times. slightly um, less so, but no, normally it is an appointment. So you'll sit down with a technician, sometimes upwards of two hours for some of the appointments. Yeah. So it's very much your, similar to kind of that booking at the Cairo of, you have an appointment, we will talk you through it, you've got that time and we will be able to go through everything in that as well. So it's less of a walk-in, as you said, that kind of pick the British show on the wall kind of thing. Yeah. It's sitting down, you're in one of these pods, we're talking you through it and then we're getting you from that kind of walking in section to actually leaving with everything kind of settled at the end. Yeah, and so in that two hours though, you'll have an assessment, the right pair of shoes and a footbed made for you, yes. right? Um, and then you walk out of here done. Right? Yes. Uh, and if you want a slightly less... In-depth yes, that's version, our most. <laughs> yeah, if you just want the, I want the right pair of shoes for me version, yep. is that an hour? Or? Uh, that would probably be a half an hour fit. Half so our hour, signature yeah. fit is an hour, and that is looking at, let's say, the insoles and the footwear. It gives us a little more detail. We do offer a half an hour service at the moment. So a little bit shorter, a little bit less in-depth, obviously, as the time goes through. Yeah. And that is looking at getting you in that appropriate wear or footwear. So less at the insoles and things like that, yeah. more just getting you running in that best setup yeah. from that perspective itself. But that's like a, already a million times better than just ordering something online oh, and hoping absolutely. for the best, right? So, yeah. And it's the thing. If you can order the right shoe first time online, you're probably one in a hundred. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, thanks, Tom. Um, we'll look forward to getting this up on the Cairo London podcast. And um, yeah, I'm sure people will have, we've gotten lots of benefit there from, yes. you You know, um, they can just try doing some stuff at home, like you yep. sort of said, or they can go all the way through to having a 3D motion analysis, visiting the chiropractor after doing that, yep. seeing what sort of changes that have from getting proper function um, for everything, basically. And, <laughs> you know, as a set of uh, maybe exercises and things to sort of focus in on as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, one-stop shop, hey? So <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time, mate. No problem. Thank you for having me.